Welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I am hosting tonight. I am Michael Kuhn, and I am joined by one brother, Matthew Kuhn via Zoom. Hey, guys. I'm here. Uh, we have to apologize formally that we did not post a podcast last week. I will say that COVID got us um, in more ways than one. Uh, we have um, been giving Grandpa a little bit of space as he's been battling it himself, but I have good news to report that he is feeling well and seems to have come out on the other side and has been improving day to day. But our youngest brother, Mark, um, has been, uh, he actually came down with it not that long ago and is um, still on the road to recovery. So we're giving him the day off and we're handling the duties as the older two brothers today. Um, it's not as fun. It's not as fun to do this without you guys here. He's doing well. He's just, he's just dizzy still. I don't know. That sounds like an excuse to me. He's doing well, all things considered. Yeah. No, no reason to be concerned. Um, and I will say that, um, it's not nearly as fun doing this without you guys sitting here, um, with a beer in hand. Yeah. Well, you're there by yourself, which, (laughs) It adds, makes for a different experience. A little less lively. But we are here. (laughs) We are here. And the Browns are 10 and four, which is not something I thought that I would say at the beginning of the year. And it helps significantly when you're doing a podcast. Because I'll be honest, if this was like 2018 or 2017 and we were going winless, there's not a chance this podcast would have got put out. Uh, have to agree with that statement. Well, let's talk about this game. Um, Sunday night football, second week in a row that we were on primetime television and the Browns just kind of took care of business. It wasn't exactly the most exciting game. Um, but there was a lot of highlights for the Browns. Um, what kind of sticks out to you? Um, now that we're a day removed from, uh, the Browns victory 20 to six over the New York giants. I think what sticks out is just how efficient it it felt like in the moment. Um, 20 to six, not, uh, I mean, not the most convincing scoreline. I mean, it's a solid convincing win, 14 points. Uh, It felt more controlled than that um, at at basically every step of the way. Um, We're giving up some drives, but we're stout in the red zone. When we had the ball on offense, it did not feel like they could stop us. Like The Browns were doing we basically whatever they wanted the entire time when we had the ball. I mean, we had two 95-yard drives, awesome. right? Yeah, and it was so bizarre because we couldn't run the ball super effectively for a, a majority of this game. And yet, we were still able to move the ball essentially at will. What did Baker start 17-19 to 19, um, in, in the first half? Um, the ability of this offense to kind of develop, match what the defense is doing, take advantage of what the defense's weakness is, um, and just like slowly, efficiently, and methodically take us down the field. And then the end of the half, a four-minute drive with the final four minutes, uh, soak it all up and punch it in. Like, that's all you can ask for. And we've been doing it like that all year long. It's just so beautiful to see. Well, and it's play calling and it's coaching and it's execution. And uh, even when we were down, like inside 90 seconds, we had all three timeouts. 
There's no need to panic. You got to let that clock run down, um, knowing that the number on the clock really doesn't matter at that point because you can control it uh, with those timeouts. And uh, the game management was fantastic. Uh, I think Kevin Stefanski certainly outcoached uh, Joe Judge on the other side, and I don't even think it's close. Agree with that. But I will say the Giants did move the ball on our defense. Like there's a handful of really significant plays that went in the Browns' favor. Um, I mean, there's the fake field goal. There was the, you know, basically the Giants were in the red zone three different times and came away with zero points. And so that kind of tells you the tale of the game. It wasn't like the Browns' defense was just stonewalling this Giants' offense. Um, We came up with big plays when we needed to. Um, but I, I feel like this game felt like it was much more in hand because of the way those particular plays swung and those plays, you got to make those plays in games. That's what wins you football games. Um, but it does feel like it, I, I, I don't know. It could be deceiving to just say the Browns dominated this game when I actually think the defense, you know, let a good number of yards to, you know, a Colt McCoy led, led offense that probably isn't very good yeah i would say i would say that uh, a browns team earlier in the year with a fully healthy squad we certainly would have gotten more pressure i mean we're going to talk about it later but uh, the fact that miles miles garrett doesn't look like himself right now uh this is a giants team that gave up uh five sacks to one player uh last week against the arizona cardinals uh the Browns weren't able to nearly bring that amount of pressure. Um, so I, I think that changed the game. Our, our defensive front uh, really just didn't get pressure on Colt McCoy in a way that af- affected him, brought him down, ended drives. Uh, we were maybe able to speed up throws. I think uh, for all of the shortcomings of Colt McCoy as a quarterback, he did a decent job getting the ball out quick and not, not standing back there and hold the ball and kind of being a statue and giving us some target practice. So uh, you're not going to win a Super Bowl with Colt McCoy, but I, I thought he, he did well with what he physically could do. The Browns, you know, all season long, all season long with his defense has been very frustrating. You've seen Andrew Sandejo and some others be in position to make plays on a ball, but not be able to actually make the play. And Colt McCoy and his lack of arm strength really like made us look good in that department in this game. There was many, many situations where we made up ground and actually knocked the ball away at the last second. And it was, it was nice to see, but I think a huge portion part of that was because McCoy couldn't drive the ball. Yeah. No, and it's and I mean that makes a big difference. And I mean we're watching the the Bengals Steelers Monday Night Football game right now as we record this. And you you watch Ben. Ben doesn't have that arm strength either anymore at this point in his career. He can't drive it down the field. It's there's there's been a couple of plays already where uh, Cincinnati's been able to sit sit on passes underneath. Um, that makes a huge difference. Um, having Denzel Ward back. Also makes a huge difference. It makes a huge when difference. Can, when we can get Harrison back too, I think this defense is going to be competent at least, you know? And if Miles can kind of get his legs back under him and start to um, be able to get through a game a little bit better and breathe a little bit easier as he's recovering from COVID still, I, I think that, you know, those three elements are enough for us to have a, a solid defense at least. Yeah, 
Ben's award has a multiplying effect on our defense. Not only does he bring his skill set and his ability on that one receiver on the outside of the field, uh, on his side of the field, but the trickle down effect that it has where MJ Stewart and Tavier Thomas are not playing in the slot. Yeah, we where you can Kevin play Kevin Johnson there makes the world a difference. That, that improves dramatically. Yep. You know, I mean, we saw we saw a couple plays that Kevin Johnson made um, yesterday where Tavier Thomas and MJ Stewart just aren't making that play. Um, and so being able to have that the physical bodies to put your best couple guys out there um, covering makes a huge difference. So while we're talking about defense, um, I think another thing that – as some Browns fans might not want to hear this, but I think another thing that made a really big difference for the Browns defense yesterday is that Mac Wilson was inactive. I mean, he's been struggling. Yeah. He has been on the struggle yeah. bus and we just kind of let him stay there and we didn't even want to let it affect the team. And I, it was addition by subtraction in a lot of ways. Like we didn't have a lot of like, you know, misreads and, you know, misses in the hole necessarily. And, you know, maybe we did. Jacob Phillips, I saw some of the defensive grades, basically took all those snaps from Mac. Um, but I'd much rather a young rookie Jacob Phillips that hasn't been able to get that many reps this year get in there and figure it out than Mac Wilson, who we've kind of seen what he is. And we know that he's probably not got what it takes to be a consistent contributor at the NFL level. So I'd much rather get Jacob Phillips in there um, and see what he's got and let him like take a few lumps in, you know, you know, this game and the Jets game in particular. I also thought BJ Goodson looked great from our linebacking core. Um, I thought he had a really good game. Uh, he's been pretty consistent recently. Like, I think that as the season has gone along, he's like really been solid. Um, which is great because we need, we need at least competent linebacker play and we got to find a handful of guys that can do that for us especially if we if we are gonna make the playoffs and want to have any shot on on doing anything in the playoffs um taki taki has been really coming on he's uh not playing a ton of snaps but been playing run snaps and playing them really well uh is is good blitzer can uh, I'm, I'm interested to know if He's so limited in pass coverage that they don't think he could possibly even be on the field for for more more downs than that. They but, pretty much only play uh, him in obvious rundowns. It's pretty interesting, but he's killing it. Like he's playing and performing and very well in that role. Like he's playing strong side linebacker. So like that that isn't that shocking that the strong side linebacker comes off in like an obvious passing situation. Um. Uh, I, I just wonder if playing him and Goodson isn't putting our best two linebackers on the field at this point. But uh, we'll see. We'll see as he develops going forward. I'm, I'm really pleased with how, how he's playing and run. I mean, he's flying around. He's making tackles. Um, he's hitting holes, doing everything that Mac Wilson has not been able to do. And they play different positions, weak side versus strong side. But uh, still. Yep, I think um, having no Mac Wilson was definitely uh, a help to our defense. Just it, every, and it's not just that, but I think they have gotten better as the season has gone along. I think Goodson's a part of it, but they're um, understanding who they are and kind of um, taking advantage of the situations. And Vernon continues to just crush it. 
I mean, if we can keep this sort of sustained play from Vernon and Miles can get back to um, 100%, I, I like what we've got um, from, from a whole unit. And with Harrison kind of securing things on the back end, um, I think that's the best that we can hope for. I guess we're worried about the Sheldon Richardson injury. He hurt his neck. I know they did x-rays and x-rays were negative. So I don't know what timeline that puts him on. But I, we definitely will need some Sheldon Richardson once it comes playoff time. Um, but I feel like there's a path for the Browns to kind of maximize what they've got um, with this unit. That is really never going to be anything special um, with the current collection of talent. But um, all they really, with how good our offense has been and how good our offense has been um, executing, they don't need to be elite. They need to just be solid and ma- yeah. make a big play yeah, like- here or there, you know? Yeah, the best. I think the best case scenario for our defense right now is one that um, can can kind of make big tackles in the open field when they need to to get off the field and force some turnovers. Like like if we can get a turnover or two, you can give up as many yards as you want. If if you get a turnover or two and hand extra possessions back to our offense, like you're going to be in a position to win a lot of football games. I mean, look at look at the. Kansas City Chiefs, top team in the AFC, like that defense is pretty terrible right now. Um, and they're what, 12 and one? They're winning a lot of football games. Um, 13 and one, I think. Uh, they're that model's there. If you can put up points, like we can put up points and, and move the football against other teams. We don't need a dominant defense. We just need one that shows up in the big moments. Yeah. And we've got some players who can do that. I mean, we, if we get Richardson back, we can be solid. Miles, if if he gets back to full health, I mean, the tear he was on in the first six games of this year or so was unbelievable. Yep. Yep. So anything else you want to cover on the defense before we move over to the, the stars of the show on the offensive side of the ball? Uh, Olivia Vernon. I know you mentioned him, but he's, he's great. I'm so glad that he's healthy. Um, and been able to just play consistent. Um, his ability to stuff the run and cover the edge. And now he's he's getting that pass rush in there. I, I just think he's healthy and getting in a groove for the first time since he's been here. We didn't get to watch the game together like we haven't last few weeks, unfortunately. But as I was watching it with Dad yesterday, um, remember the play when he got they got called for holding um, on Vernon? Yeah. And he still made the yeah. play where he was like his arms were fully outstretched and he grabbed like with his fingertips to like bring the guy down. I was just thinking like that seemed like the most impossible play that you could ever imagine to have to make without grabbing like uh, the back of the shoulder pads, but just grabbing the jersey and like grabbing someone down as someone else is literally holding you and pulling you in the other direction. It was just incredible. No, he's been great. And it's always surprising to me in the open field. I guess I'm so used to Miles. I'm so used to the, watching these guys just be physical freaks. But Vernon's not as fast as as you would hope he would be. I mean, Colt McCoy was running away from him at times. Vernon wasn't able to close. Uh, Vernon's just so sound technically. And that's that's how he's made his living. Like he's so good against a run. He's, he's super strong. Got that power pass rush move. Uh, him collapsing the pocket from that side is unbelievable and a great compliment 
Yep. It's great to see. All right. Let's talk about the offense a little bit. Um, it From the, the outset, it looks like we might be in a little bit of trouble because one of the very first plays, Chris Hubbard goes down and uh, messes up his knee. It looks like he's going to be out for the rest of the year, tears a couple things, and dislocated his kneecap, I think is what I read today. Um, and so I immediately went, what, what was your thought in the moment? Like, did you even know who was definitely the like next guy up at right guard? So I, I didn't, I, I thought it might be Nick Harris, but I, I mean, Chris Hubbard's traditionally a tackle. So I didn't know if Kendall Lamb's been working there. Who's also a tackle who is our next best offensive lineman that we've got. So I didn't know if Lamb would slot in there or, um, Harris was near the top of my list of guesses, but honestly, I didn't know. Yeah, I wasn't sure either. And I was thinking, even if Harris is the next guy in, is he playing right guard or is he going in at center and Treader knocks over to right guard? Like, what is what is the combination? It was like leaving me with all kinds of questions. Well, situation where we we didn't know, but you probably you don't want to change any more than you have to, right? Yeah. So even even if you have to throw a guy in there at a position he's not comfortable with. Uh, let's just have one, one bad position instead of potentially two. I thought, I mean, Harris played his, played his butt off. He's, he's limited physically um, and probably doesn't have the size to play guard long-term in the NFL. But dude is, dude is technical and he hustles and he's athletic. Like get him out. He's so sneaky athletic because he doesn't look like it at all. That that dude's body shape is hilarious. And like he's got a huge gut on him, but he moves so great. Pudgy looking bowling ball, and he just gets out there and he hits people, and I love it. And he battled all night. I mean, this is probably the one of the worst matchups I would guess for Nick Harris at that guard position. I mean with this Giants defensive front with Leonard Williams, um, Dexter Lawrence, and Dalvin Tomlinson. Like, those are three big dudes that they line up there all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, no. He, he got really bad. He, he did great. I mean, I was I mean, worried he, he from the outset. Of, I was worried from the outset of this game just with Teller not being in there and having to go to Hubbard, knowing that Hubbard's not going to be nearly as good as Teller. Um, and then you get the injury right off the outset – and you got to go to Nick Harris. And, I mean, he did allow one sack, I think, in this game. But the dude was solid throughout the game. Was definitely not, I would not have considered um, his play a liability in any way. And um, it was really, really impressive. Given that he basically, we found out after the fact, has been taking almost every rep in practice as uh, uh, with the scout team. Like, hasn't even been repping uh, the Browns offense. Much less at guard he's been the scout team center not the scout team guard and so super impressive for a rookie to be prepared to step in and perform like he did so i i would have to imagine not only will the competition be easier as you mentioned the giants front probably poses as much of a challenge as you you could expect to see as a guard not so not only will the competition get better but he's also going to get practice reps at the position going forward for the next couple of weeks where he's going to have to fill in. And so you have to imagine he's going to continue to, um, you know, be able to perform around, around a similar level at the very least. So I, I I'm excited. Um, the, the hope I think is that Teller will be back for the playoffs. 
but I don't think there's any expectation that he'll be back in time for the Steelers game. He's been so good when he's in there, and he's it's been so disappointing. That'll be six games that he missed on the year, I think. Quite a few. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we need him in the playoffs. I'm happy to um, let Nick Harris get some reps and um, hold hold down the fort until then. Um, but Nick Harris was definitely not the uh, – he, he enabled the star of the show to, to really shine. And the star of the show was definitely Baker Mayfield on, on this evening. No, I mean, this has kind of been the story of story of the last couple of weeks for Baker and really his career. If, if you give him time, if you let him see the field, give him time, don't put him under pressure, he's going to tear you apart. Like he's got all the physical skills, he's got all the competitiveness to, to stand in there and, and – pick you apart i mean you saw some of the darts that he was throwing this week that touchdown pass to jarvis landry was absolutely insane and i know people are it was ridiculous i know people are wondering why he didn't go to njoku i was wondering first one of the early reads on that play but baker saw that he fell yeah yeah baker even said that afterwards they asked him about it he said that so he took off of them and he probably would have found him later on again if, if Jarvis hadn't been open. Uh, and I Jarvis don't know that Jarvis open. was open, but Baker threw him open. <laughs> I mean, that throw didn't have many – like, there weren't a whole lot of places that ball could have gone, and he put it exactly where it needed to be. It was, it was something else. Um, and he made those kind of throws all night long. I mean, he was putting the ball downfield. He's putting it, you know, down and away from the defenders everywhere. And receivers were helping him out. We didn't have any drops, as far as I recall. You know, Jarvis was picking stuff off the ground. I mean, there was just play after play made by this offense in this passing game. And it was was looking very well oiled. I mean, they were just phenomenal. I think he had an 84% um, completion percentage, which is a Cleveland Browns record. Um, for completion percentage in a game, um, and his adjusted completion percentage was like ninety six because he had that one he had that one single incompletion to Jarvis where he threw up threw behind him and it looked like he thought Jarvis might sit down in a hole or something. Uh, Does adjusted completion percentage take out a batted ball like that? You know that fourth uh, down play. Uh, I think it takes out uh, throwaways. Uh, like when you've thrown the ball away and takes out drops, which we didn't have any. So, yeah. so I've just given him two incompletions on the night. Yep. That's probably right. Which would have been complete had it not gotten bad at the line. And like this game, the Browns offense would have blown out the giants. If they had gotten a few more possessions, if our defense could have gotten stops. <clears throat> there is no doubt in my mind. Yeah. I mean, it was as good as you could have hoped for for Baker. There was one play that stuck out to me from Baker, and it probably didn't stick out to the casual fan. Um, But I think it was early in the second half. There was some pressure coming in on Baker, and um, the, the pocket was collapsing, and he took a couple steps forward, didn't lower his head, kept his head up field, shifted a little bit, 
created a throwing lane, and delivered a dart. And I have not seen Baker Mayfield make that play and make that play like comfortably, like without you know getting jittery feet or anything. I don't think ever. And it was a, it just like jumped out to me. It was like like one of the only times that I audibly like got excited during yesterday's game because the game was just kind of so ho hum. Like we kind of just like took care of business the whole time. But when I saw Baker like respond like that to the pressure in the collapsing pocket, like you can see that he's getting more comfortable as every single game goes on. And even like sometimes in the process of each game you see him get more comfortable and that particular play um really um signified it for me and i it just gives me so much excitement over like what he can be um and we're seeing it just improve week in week out and um (laughs) i don't think i could be much more excited well i think a play like that's a product of of confidence in your offensive line and, and knowing that they've protected you all game and the Giants haven't been able to touch you. They haven't been, haven't been bringing pressure. I think he got sacked on one play. Um, and I think it was Harris who actually gave it up. Um, yep. Coming around the edge. Dexter Lawrence just beat him. And uh, Baker didn't make the, the quickest read to get out of the pocket. No, it was actually a bad play by Baker. He yeah, should yeah. have seen the guy there. Like it was on uh, his like front side and he like turned the wrong way. Yeah, but but other than that, Baker didn't have have anything to do with. So when you get a little bit of pressure, you feel like you could step up because you have confidence in the the other guys and you could deliver a strike. And uh, Baker's built to throw against zone defenses, man. Like he's gonna find those those holes. It it reminded me of what he was doing, just like over the middle of the field throwing darts against the Jets um, in his in his very first game two years ago. You know, where it's like he's firing it into into tight windows. This was more confident. This was more mature, not nearly as, as gunslingery, but it's. Yeah, what I that. recall from that we're game. The the field, we're just going. Yeah. And what I recall from that game was a lot of like back shoulder throws, too. And we haven't seen a ton of that from from this offense. Um, but I think that's probably a, a good thing. <laughs> I mean, um that kind of is like an added level of like, you know, that isn't absolutely necessary. Um, and we're not throwing downfield, you know, we're like scheming up downfield options a little bit, um, a little bit more than, than we did in the, um, kitchens offense. Can we talk about play calling and Kevin Stefanski? Have you ever seen a flea flicker to a tight end screen combination? Um, no, but it went for a solid six yards. <laughs> I, I haven't been able to watch watch that back or look at anything else. Was there a downfield option or was that was that the the first read on that? He got to it pretty quick, so I think that it was the the first read. It was blocked fairly well. Um I mean it didn't go for huge yards, but I would love to watch the offensive line on that play. Because they got a block like run. They, they got a show run for the flea flicker, right? Also pass protect so Baker doesn't get just destroyed. But then also get out to get out in front of that screen. That's something you can only do when you've got just the number one, one offensive line in the NFL. Yeah. Where you trust guys to go one-on-one, but they can also get out on the edge. Um, that was something I've never seen before. 
and I've, I've watched a good bit of football. Uh, um, so good on Kevin Stefanski finding a way to invent something new. I'm not sure we'll see it again, but. Um, you know what I noticed was a lot of um, Jarvis Landry in motion pre-snap. And um, I think it's keeping teams honest because we've, you know, handed the ball to him in a, a plenty of times in just like a, a sweep play, but we've also had him throw the ball at least three different times this season. And um, I just saw him what there was a handful of times when I saw some of those plays that it just felt like he was setting things up for future for plays, somehow. even beyond, you know, this giants game. Well, I think, I think Jarvis's throwing ability is really important to that because athletically he's not terrifying, right? Like, like it's not like putting Tyreek Hill, like even if, even if you get him on a, a, a quick little like whip or something or a, a jet sweep, like you're not worried about him taking it around the corner. Um, but him having that option to throw, like everybody on that defense has to, has to be mindful of what he's doing there and where he's going and how, how they get him the ball. Are they, are, is it a quick pitch forward? And then, Oh, the throw is, is not a concern anymore. Or did they intentionally send it to him backwards? So, so now a forward pass is still in play. Um, Jarvis played great. Mm-hmm. Jarvis played really, really great. It seems so like Higgins. it's making a difference that he's getting healthy. That was pointed out in that like Mary Kay Cabot Stanton article that I don't think I thought about very much. And I don't know how much um, weight I put into it, but I think there is something there that Baker's improved play has coincided with Jarvis getting getting healthier throughout the year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a might be a correlation causation issue i think baker's improved play has, has largely been just getting comfortable with the offense uh, having never run it until week one uh, i think it's kind of the same deal with everybody talking about oh we're better without obj well no we're actually better having just run this for like six or seven games um, and now we know what we're doing so I don't know. Uh, it's certainly great to have a healthy Jarvis. Like he's 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 moving out there and fighting and scrapping and doing all the Jarvis Landry things. No doubt. Um, and you know Nick Chubb just continues to get more yards than you think he's going to on seemingly every run. I just am constantly in awe of of that dude. And just when it, we get down to the goal line, like. Isn't it interesting how most of Nick Chubb's like rushing touchdowns aren't from close to the goal line? <laughs> like we score from like 10 yards out, six yards out, like all the time with Nick Chubb. It yeah. blows my mind. He doesn't let us get close to the goal line. <laughs> like if, if it's up to him, he's, he's getting it in there, you know? Uh, it, I'm almost shocked when there was a play where, where he, uh, was it he or Kareem? I don't remember where, where we did get stopped, like at the goal line at like the half yard line on a short yard run. And it, it's almost like upsetting to me, like unsettling, like what, what's happening. We never get stopped there. Uh, that's a credit to those guys. That Kareem hunt run where he just ran right through, like yes. he was kind of on the edge and it was a third down, third and four. And he was kind of setting Blake Martinez up. And then he realized that he just needed to, to like be a, 
freaking like buffalo and go right through you was, saw the light switch go off in his head he's like oh here i go and he just like <laughs> ran it was like he hit the turbo button and just like rammed forward it was insane that three and a half yards i think we were still a little short of the first down and i don't remember what we did on the next play um i think we went for it and got it but um but that kind of just having that ability where he's, he's going out to speed, out to speed, out to speed. All right. Now we just have to put our foot in the ground and go, um, and go, go through this undersized linebacker who's in front of us. Like, um, that made me happy. Like you, you talk about the Baker Mayfield stepping up, dodging pressure, making, throwing a dart, uh, that Kareem hunt just kind of, uh, Who's a guy? Earl Campbell used to do that. Just put his put his helmet right in the breastplate and, and go. Um, seeing those little little pieces from from Kareem was great. Offense was just on fire. Like it just couldn't be stopped. Uh, we got stopped by a couple penalties um, here and there, but largely felt great. Baker did not have an intentional grounding, which would have made. Hey. Four, like, that's true. I didn't even think about it. Um, the streak is over. Yeah. And, I mean, there. I, I think we could talk about the offense for a while, but I think I want to move on from the game um, and talk. But I do, before we move on from the game, I need to give a shout-out to the special teams for being very prepared for that fake punt or the fake field goal early in the game and um, getting us off to a good, good start. I mean, that – obviously should have been three points at least for the giants. And, um, they came and split, split everybody out and tried to throw a pass from the, the holder and they were ready for it. Yeah. I mean, as soon as they snapped it, it didn't feel like it had much of a chance. Yep. So, uh, props to prefer. Um, we've had some, some downs, um, with the special teams unit, but that was definitely a, a, a positive note. Um, for the special teams yesterday. So coming out of the game, we mentioned the Chris Hubbard injury. It looks like we will not have him for the remainder of the year, which is a huge bummer because he's definitely like our um, sixth man swing guy on the offensive line. Um, And then the other major injury is that Sheldon Richardson injury. We did mention it. Um, I don't think we've seen any major updates throughout the day today, other than that the x-ray was negative. And so I'm just crossing fingers that we can at least have him back for the playoffs because um, our depth, especially on the interior of the defensive line, is is not great. Um, I mean, Jordan Elliott came in and played a lot lot more snaps than he probably would have after Sheldon went down. Um, but beyond, you know, Jordan Elliott, we it's looking yeah. a little rough. I mean, we're talking Vincent Taylor, um, and you don't really want to go further than that. Yeah, I did. I did see that Stefanski was talking about Sheldon after the game and said that. He was joking around and smiling in the locker room. Well, that's um, that's usual. It'd be really bad if he wasn't doing that. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's at least optimistic. I mean, who knows? There's a difference between joking around in the locker room and playing in the NFL. Oh, but uh, we'll we'll see. Those a neck injury like that, I I just never know what to make of it. Like it could be nothing, or it could be uh, something that lingers for a while. You know? I mean, it, yeah. it could just be a little stinger. And, He'll be fine. He'll be back next week. So I'm um, hoping for that sort of scenario. The other NFL wide news that came out today was um, the Pro Bowl rosters were announced. 
and three Browns made it, which is seems a little surprising in the sense that like in recent years we've had around that many players and we're a much better team. So it seems like you would have had at least one or two more um, players representing the Browns. But the three players are Miles Garrett, of course, Nick Chubb. Thank you very much. And Joel Batonio as the sole representative from this offensive line. Um, what's your initial reactions there and potentially any snubs that you, that you want to call out? I mean, I think uh, JC Treader was snubbed. I, I think he's clearly one of the best centers in the AFC. Marquise Pouncey was um, selected and he has not had a good year and has not been great for the last couple of years, but keeps getting selected. Um, sometimes this Pro Bowl voting is more of a legacy kind of kind of deal. Um, we'll see. I know that you you feel very strongly about Denzel Ward. I think Denzel Ward's had a great year. Um, yeah, I mean, Stephon argue- Gilmore's been pretty weak for the Patriots. He's had a huge drop off, and he got voted in, and he's missed games just like Denzel Ward has. So I don't see why in the world you put a Stephon Gilmore in this season over Denzel and the type of season that he's had. So that, that was the big sticking one to me on defense, but for me on offense, uh, before I'd put Treader in, I'd put um, Wyatt Teller in. Wyatt Teller has been playing better than probably any offensive lineman in the league, um, regardless of position. And now granted he has missed a handful of games, but Wyatt Teller deserves to be in over any right guard in the entire NFL. And um, it just sucks to me that he he wasn't selected um, for for a Pro Bowl spot because you honestly couldn't ask the guy to play any better than he has. Yeah, you could just ask him to play more. I mean, it's I mean injuries oftentimes aren't the players players' fault at all. There's nothing they could do, but it's it's an unfortunate situation. I have a feeling that if Wyatt Teller sticks around in Cleveland with Bill Callahan and Kevin Spansky, he'll He'll have a few more opportunities to make a Pro Bowl. Um, it is interesting that he didn't make the Pro Bowl and might provide a little bit of uh, extra leverage for the for the Browns to work on an extension because he he won't be uh, coming off of a Pro Bowl season needing a long term deal. So um, bad for him, potentially good for for the team in the longer run. We'll see. Yeah. It is super interesting. I'm so interested to see what Barry does this offseason. I think that's another podcast, but um, that is one of the decisions I'm interested to see how he handles and whether he decides to um, extend Teller. He's got one more season under contract, but um, now would be the time probably to... You can always franchise him, right? So, like, I I have no doubt that Wyatt Teller is going to be a Cleveland Brown for as long as the Cleveland Browns want him to be, you know? Because that's a... He's going to demand a top-of-market deal if he keeps playing well, so you might as well just franchise him and <clears throat> leave yourself some flexibility. Well, that would be two years from now when you choose to franchise him. Um, so we've got him for next season under his current contract, and it's a pretty darn affordable contract because he's a late um, late pick. Um, and then another piece of information you would have at that point when you would decide to franchise him is what you've got in Drew Forbes. Um, and that could be a factor, um, in this thing, when you have an asset like Bill Callahan, you might want to start relying on rotating in a, uh, a younger, much cheaper player on occasion on on your offensive line. And so that might be a decision that has to be made given 
where our salary cap might be at that particular point in time. That'll be, it'll be interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So that's the pro bowl. Um, let's talk about the playoffs. We're sitting at 10 and four chances. The chances are pretty good that we will be playing, uh, beyond just the next two weeks. Um, but the question is, who are we going to be playing? Um, the chiefs seem almost certain to get that top seed at this point. And so we could honestly get, and then it's really tight after that. So exactly who's going to like fill into each slot. There are scenarios I think where we would play any of the other teams, um, that, you know, are slated to, to make one of those spots. So, you know, going from just in general to list the, the names of the teams that are, you know, going to be there. We're looking at the Steelers and the Ravens from our division, the Colts, the Bills, the Titans, and potentially the Dolphins. The Raiders, I think, still have a prayer, but I'm kind of wiping them off at this point, um, given the loss that they just had this last week. Um, so of those six teams that I just mentioned, what is the matchup you're hoping for in in round one of the playoffs? Uh, of those teams, which would I pref- most like to play? Yeah. Um, I, I would probably put the Dolphins at the top of that list, just rookie quarterback. I don't trust their offense. They've got a good defense, but I think we can just run against any, just about anybody. Um, so I think that could be a fairly comfortable game. And then outside of that, I mean, a realistic matchup that's, that's looking likely, I want to play the Titans again. You want to uh, play the Titans again? I don't think I do. They wouldn't be at the top of the list. We can, we can score against that Titans defense any time and twice on Sunday. Uh, they have no pass rush. They can't do anything against us. Uh, their offense is, is tough, but that's going to be a shootout. I would much rather do that than be in a situation where we're playing against a team that we don't match up great against and we're worried about their defense, giving our offense a hard time. We have to play absolutely perfect on offense just to, because our defense just could get blasted each and every time. I okay. Know. I hear your point. They, their defense is not good, but I think I would still rather play like the Steelers with how they've been playing right now. Um, some of their injuries on defense, like they are not the same team that we played early in the season. And even the Colts, I think I, I wouldn't mind playing. Um, so but- the reason I want to play the Colts is because the Colts were had a couple key injuries when we played them on defense that they have since gotten back. Um, I mean, Darius and, Leonard was the only significant one. And so I think the Colts are pretty good. I don't, I don't haven't given much thought to our matchup against them, but Colts eh, interest me. I think we match up well against the Bills as well. I, I, I wouldn't hate playing Bills. That would be a really tough matchup in the first round, just given that they're a, a, a really pretty good team. The fact but, of the matter is, to me though, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to play the Chiefs just because that offense is so ridiculous, um, and you know that's just the they're the best team in the AFC at the moment. Um, but I feel okay about our chances beating any of these other teams. And so that leads me to think like a few weeks ago, I think we were just, you know, maybe a month ago, I think we were just hoping we'd make the playoffs. And 
I'm just wondering at this point, should we start as Browns fans, like realistically, like shifting our minds towards like contending this year, like in 2020, like, is this a year that we should try to put our eggs in this basket? Like there's, I mean, there's, there's no, there's no eggs to, to put in a basket. Right? Oh, that's true. I mean, it's not like you can, I mean, just go for it. <laughs> I mean, but is it realistic to think that we can contend and, you know, even push to, to make it to the Super Bowl? I, I think if you have, if you have an offense that can put up uh, 30 plus points any given week, that is something you can ride to a Super Bowl. I, I do not think that we have a Super Bowl caliber defense. I think we have we have players that could make us a Super Bowl caliber defense. If, if we didn't talk that much about Miles, Miles is not himself right now. Uh, coming off COVID, I mean, he even tweeted after after the game, "Fuck COVID." I mean, he he's winded. He he doesn't have the strength that he has. He doesn't have the speed that he has. Like like he's not the player he was earlier in the year, coming back uh, recovering from COVID. If he if in the next three weeks he becomes that player he was earlier in the year, that makes a huge difference. If we have healthy back-end secondary, that makes a huge difference. Suddenly we're in a different situation. Oh, yeah. There's no team in the AFC that terrifies me. The The one team in the AFC that I don't want to play is the Ravens. And they might not even make the playoffs. That would be nice. That would be a great way for this whole thing to shake out. Ravens miss it, so I, they're not even an like, issue for us. Yeah. Like that that's the one team I don't want to play and it might not even be a problem. So we'll see. I mean, I'm just like I'm asking the question because I'm having to shift my mindset because I I'm think the more I think about it, as you look into future years, you it's easy to say, Oh, this might not be their year, you gotta look ahead, they're probably a year away. But like, yeah, we have some injuries right now, but like honestly, we're in fairly decent shape as far as injuries go. Um and We've got the concentration of talent that we have is going to be hard to maintain for any significant period of time. It probably will be similar next season, but beyond that, we're not going to be able to keep Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. We're not going to be able to keep Njoku and Hooper and Bryant. Like if you look at like just those running back and tight end rooms, like that's an insane amount of talent that we have right now that we're definitely benefiting from. And, it's the stars are not all going to align as perfectly as they are right now um, in future years. And so like you can't, you have to take advantage of the opportunities that present themselves in the NFL. Cause you don't get that many chances. I mean, like just think about like certain teams, like Aaron Rodgers when he won his first Super Bowl. like you saw that happen. And you're like, Oh my gosh, this guy's going to be here like a handful more times. Well, guess what? He hasn't had another chance. You know, like you got to take advantage whenever the opportunity is in front of you. And the more weeks that go by and the better I see this team playing, the more I'm realizing that this might be our chance. Like we got to lean into this thing. Hey, we have a real chance um, to go 12 and four. If you're, if you're 12 and four, the regular season, you have a chance to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't like, this is the NFL. I don't care how soft your schedule is. I don't care what what happened, what fell. You're 12 and four. You have a chance to win the Super Bowl. Full stop. So this is it. Go get yep. it done. And this week we get to play the uh, team with 
who is now tied for the worst record in the NFL, the New York Jets. Um, we are heading back to New York um, after going back to Cleveland and uh, practicing for a week, enjoying Christmas, and then uh, uh, taking the same trip right back to play in the Meadowlands. All right, let's go ahead and move to the picks. Um, we have an interesting uh, setup here on our hands. Mark is still ahead by two games over me, and then Matthew's two games behind me, but we have six games to pick this week. So it's going to take a minute, but we'll try to hit it uh, real quick. First game is Minnesota at New Orleans. Um, Saints are favored by seven. Weird team. They've got a good defense, solid roster, but Drew Brees didn't look great. Their defense did look... Ugh. Seven points is a lot, especially since Minnesota's looks real good on offense and definitely has something to still play for. Because of that and the inconsistency from New Orleans, I'm favoring the Vikings in this one. Um, I Mark sent us his picks, um, and he actually has picked the Saints. Matthew, who are you picking? I'm going with uh, the Vikings. I don't know if they have anything to play for. They, they might be already mathematically eliminated, if not mathematically, probably functionally. But that Saints team, I mean, they're anemic on offense right now. Um, so I'm going to go to the Vikings and take the points. Yeah, it's a lot of points. Um, that moves us to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Detroit Lions. And um, the Bucks are favored by eight and a half points in this game. Um, Matthew, I'm just going to hit you off the bat. Who do you got? Yeah, uh, Matt Stafford doesn't look good. Uh, he's beat up. He The Lions don't have anything to play for. Um, Tampa Bay does. I'll take Tampa Bay. He it's never, a big line. But it's a Bay. huge line, and that's got me concerned. I It is a little bit risky not knowing who's going to be playing at quarterback, but I do like what I've seen um, post-Matt Patricia from the Lions. Um, so I'm going to take that considering how huge that line is. I'm going to go with the Lions, and Mark made the same decision. He's also going with the Lions. And so that brings us to San Francisco at Arizona. Um, Arizona's favored by four in this game. They've been inconsistent. Um, the 49ers are swapping quarterbacks. They've got a different running back playing every single week. George Kittle, I heard he's playing a little bit again. I don't know if he's really going to come back. doesn't seem to make a lot of sense for him to play anymore. Um, but it's an interdivision um, game. Anything could happen. Um if I have to pick, um, I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals, but I don't feel great about it. What do you got? I'm going to go San Francisco. I keep betting on them, and I keep regretting it. Um, but I, 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 I love what that team can do when they're when they're healthy. And I, I'm not a huge believer in the Kyler Murray, uh, Cliff Kingsbury experiment. I don't know. Um. It's so up and down. It's just hard to hard to know what you're getting there. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is very good, though. I like watching DeAndre Hopkins play football. Um, Mark has also picked the Cardinals. He and I are learning a little too much here for my liking. Um, the next game is the Miami Dolphins and the Las Vegas Raiders, a huge playoff matchup, um, or a huge matchup as far as playoff implications go for the AFC. And that uh, has the Dolphins favored by two and a half. Um, Mark has picked the Dolphins. I am picking the Dolphins, although it's close. Um, Matthew, who are you going with in this one? Who am I going with on this one? Uh, I'm going with Las Vegas. Uh, they're playing for their playoff lives. Um, I still 
Tua looked pretty good against New England this last week, but he's still a rookie quarterback. That offense doesn't doesn't have a whole lot of punch. Uh, so I'm going to go uh, Las Vegas. Just picking the opposite of Mark all day long, so you can make up ground. Is what I think. Um, <laughs> next game is the Titans and the Packers, two teams that have a lot of offense and very little defense. And the Packers are favored by three and a half points at home in Lambeau. Um, I'll let you pick this one first so you can't cheat. All right. Well, I'm not going to cheat. I'm, I'm going to take the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has been great this year, coming off a, a tough game. Um, there is not a chance that the Titans can stop this Packers offense. Um, this is going to be a shootout. I would take the over in this game. I don't even know what the line is set at, but 80. take the over. take the over take the Packers maybe put a little parlay together you'll you'll be happy Um, I'm taking the Titans in this game I I think that both teams have great offenses neither team is going to be able to stop the other and the Packers and the Titans are getting points so I'm, I'm leaning towards the Titans and Mark must be thinking something similar he also picked the Titans unfortunately that brings us to the Browns and the Jets, um, which we haven't talked a whole lot, looked ahead to this matchup. So before we make their picks, let's take a little step back and talk a little bit about what we think we're going to see. And um, let me ask you, what do you want to see from this Cleveland Browns team heading into um, this week 16 matchup against probably the worst team in the NFL, the New York Jets? I mean, I think there's only one thing to, to, to look at coming into this game and it's, it's really simple. It's, Will this team be prepared and focused coming into this game? This is against the worst team in the league. Uh, This game doesn't necessarily clinch the playoffs for us. This team is looking ahead to the playoffs and a week 17 matchup against the Steelers. We just need to come out and take care of business. There's no reason we should not be able to kind of control this game um, similar to we did against the Giants and and just kind of strangle the life out of the New York Jets. I hope that's true, and everything we've seen from this team so far is they have pretty much come prepared. The only game I would say that we haven't necessarily shown up for feels like that Raiders game, Um, but Stefanski seems to have a good grip on what's going with this team. They can taste the playoffs. I think they know how important it is, and we don't have any, like, goofballs. Like, these guys are coming prepared week in and week out. I have every reason to believe that they're going to show up for this game, and... um, I think we benefit. It, it does scare me a little bit that the Jets showed up and beat the the Rams this last week. I mean, the Rams are a pretty solid team. They put up points against them. Um, but one of the standout players for the Jets, and one of the reasons they won the game, was because of Quinnen Williams. And Quinnen Williams um, came away from the game with a concussion, is in concussion protocol. And it is not very likely that he would be able to play in this Browns game. I haven't, don't know that I've ever heard of someone being in concussion protocol and then playing the next week. So um, that bodes well for the Browns. Um, and you have to think, I mean, if you're going to make the playoffs and you're going to contend and do all these things that we're hoping for, for in this Brown season, you, you, you got to beat the New York Jets in, in yeah. week 16. There's just kind of like no, no other way to put it. Um, and yeah, they, we can stop having conversations about what this, what this season could be. Um, if, if we, we can't come out and take care of business against the jets, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, um, and Vegas seems to agree. Um, the Browns are favored by nine and a half points in this game. 
And so that begs the question, Matthew, um, will the Browns cover the nine and a half points that Vegas is giving them? I think we will. Uh, we, we're six and a half point favorites against the Giants, if I remember. Uh, we're going to be able to put up points. This this Browns offense has put up points against everybody, and the Jets offense has been historically bad thus far through the season. Uh, I, I think we're just going to be able to, to, to boat race them, uh, as our friend Pete Smith would say. Uh, get out in front, and they're not going to be able to catch back up, and we're just going to keep keep widening that lead. So All right. um, I'm going to take a break. Mark sent us his picks, and I referenced, and surprise, 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 he picked the Browns too. Um, I boy. I have no doubt in my mind that the Browns are going to win this game, but I do feel like that nine and a half points is a heck of a lot, and the Browns have kept every game that we've played this season where we've had a significant lead and controlled the game. We've been in control, and I've never had doubt. Like You think about the Jaguars game. Um, it was close all the way up to the end. I, I was always confident we were going to win but it was still a close margin. The point differential thing has come up multiple times this season. Because of all of these things and what I've seen from this Browns team, um, I think there's a decent chance that we don't actually cover those nine and a half points. And for that reason, I'm going to pick the Jets, but by no means do I think the Browns will actually lose this particular game. So I'm going to go with the Jets, um, but fully expect the Browns to be sitting at 11 and four after this week. And I will have a smile on my face. All right, everybody, um, that does it for this week's show. Um, if you would like to get in touch with us, would you please send us an email? Uh, sinofourfathers at gmail.com, or you can get a hold of us on social media. We are at sinofourfathers on both Instagram and Twitter. And if you like the show, if you're just checking us out for the first time, um, please go on to the podcast platform of your choice. Rate us five stars, and please tell somebody else about it. We're trying to grow our listener base every single week, and we'd appreciate your help in making that happen. So um, enjoy the week, everybody. The Browns are 10-4, and and we are on the road to the playoffs. Uh, We are excited. Hope you are too, and we're looking forward to hearing um, what this next week has in store and talking to you next week. Thanks. Go Browns. Thank you.